Alrighty, everybody, we got a great episode for you today. We're trying something a little different. Um, we're not going to get into the sponsor right now. And the reason is because uh, during the episode, we initially started recording on a app called Line, L-I-N-E, which is usually a very successful way for me to record with people um, until it isn't. And this was an example of it not being that uh, dependable because my guest, Kyle Carlson, kept breaking up throughout it. So uh, don't worry, we do remedy that. Um, it's somewhere around, I forget, like the 18 minute mark or something. Um, so that is where the sponsor is going to take place. It just felt appropriate to be like, we'll be right back after we solve these technical issues. So uh, that is where the sponsor is. We're trying something a little different today. Um, it might be something that uh, happens for the future of the podcast, uh, placing the sponsor in the middle. Anyways, my guest is Kyle Carlson, a super funny guy. I was so excited to get him on here. We had a lot of lot of laughs. He is someone that uh, I knew from my first year of high school. He was a senior when I went there, and he made a big impact on me. Clearly, 12 years later, we're reconnecting here on the podcast, and we cover a lot of ground in this one. Uh, so get ready to laugh because there's a lot of laughing that goes on in this one. So Kyle, thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I hope you enjoy the sponsor in the middle of the podcast. Get ready. Get set. It is Kyle W. Carlson. Graybeard, according to his Facebook. You there, Kyle? Hello. I'm here. Hello? Oh, okay. I, I, I have to... One second. Let me let me move your audio level up just a smidgen here. Go ahead. Just uh, do like a mic check real quick. Mic check. One, two. One, two. All right. Holy crap, dude. Doing? It sounds good, man. Good. Sounds good. All right. Perfect. I, I got to say, I have to... Doing, Eddie? Well, first and foremost, I have to say that... Uh, for some reason, and this is just part of the whole the whole memory is not uh, you cannot rely on memory because you sound completely different than the way I remember you. Well, also, Eddie, you got to remember 12 years have passed. So <laughs> if we think about 12 years of time passing from when when I attended high school with you, then that would have been uh, quite a change in our bodies. Probably, you know, our body language is just telling us, you know, age does it damage my friend and that's probably what happened here <laughs> wow yes i don't but but i don't even know how i would classify how i remember how you sounded but you just i don't know you sound more sophisticated maybe maybe you sound more sophisticated <laughs> maybe that's true you know I, I i did smoke a ton of pot in high school and you know kind of changed in my 30s so it's possible that i've i've just sophisticated a little bit i you know i haven't gone all the way to the point of like monocles yet but i think we're getting close wow oh man this is great dude and what we're gonna try to do here what we're gonna try and uh we have to really rely on technology here, but we're going to try to 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 do a podcast where there's no overlap. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where like if you listen to other podcasts, it's so annoying when you're just listening, right? And the guest and the host are continuously overlapping one another. So going into this one, I was like, I'm determined. I'm not going to overlap with Kyle. 
well, I, I'm going to give him his his due. I'm going to I'm going to let him do some talking, and then I'm going to talk, and we're going to try to really make this a uh, completely overlapping free episode. Although sometimes it's just really difficult because you know something will come up in the in the mind, and we'll be like, oh man, I got to get my two cents in here. I got to get my two cents in here, and then that's just how it works. But we're at the mercy of technology because I don't know how much of a delay there is. Is there a little bit of a delay? Let me see. Not that I can tell, but you're, you're the one with all the technology there. I just know we're two type A personalities, two outgoing individuals. It's possible that talking over each other might happen, but I'll do my best. I really will. It's good. No. Okay. So I don't think there's that much of a delay, so we should be okay. But uh, um, so yeah, so dude, what's going on, man? How's uh, so yeah, 12 years. That's what it's been, right? 12 years? 12. 12- Twelve years, yeah. Two thousand eight is when I graduated Agler Palm Coast High School. Wow. Right around this time, so I would say if I saw you after that, it was maybe at a show or something, but not too much, man. After that, so it's been a long twelve years. Yeah, twelve years, because <laughs> that's right. Yes, because I became a a freshman the same year you were leaving. So I was a freshman and you were a senior. That's that's absolutely correct. And if I remember correct. Like back in those times, all of us seniors kind of picked a freshman that we like wanted to take under our wing in the theater department. And I, I remember vividly that I was like, this guy, Eddie, right here, he's going to be something and I want to pick him. He's he's my freshman. Yeah, that was. Yeah, because we did. Uh, did 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 you do all three shows or because we did Children of Eden and then we did uh, rehearsal for murder, right? Yeah. And we did Fools. That's right. Oh my God. How did I forget yes. Fools? How did I forget Fools? Yes. Wow. Yes. I was not in rehearsal for murder, but I was backstage with you guys the whole time. So you felt like I was there. That was. So it was only two then. It was only two, right? Because you didn't do Is yeah. There a yeah. Comic in the House? Did you do that one? No, I did not. Wow. So two shows, and that was it. And, and literally in two shows, you made that much of an impact on me because, man, I do remember thinking, like, Wow, that's like this is a this is a guy who's been around cuz did you do every show all 4 years or or most of every show all 4 years? So for me, I was only at Flagler Palm Coast High School for 2 years. Uh I didn't join until I was a junior. Uh, and then I did every sh- almost every show while I was there. Um uh, and then you got me actually year that I was a super senior because I was a fifth year senior. So I was even more of a senior than every other senior. Oh, okay. So did you, without getting like really, uh, without bringing up too many bad memories, did you get held back a year? No. So I technically I got held back a year, but Florida's school system is really weird, right? So I went to a charter school the first two years of high school for me because I actually went to a performing arts academy for theater. Um, in Oakland, California. And we took classes that were called like romance languages and earth science and things that they didn't call them in public schools. So all of those classes that were named different things, like we took humanities and arts history instead of taking what you would take in your freshman and sophomore years at a normal high school. So at the end of my first senior year, Flagler Palm Coast High School came up to me and they were like, hey, you're not graduating because you have no freshman credits. And I was like, great. I wish I knew that sooner because I would have taken those <laughs> instead of taking theater. But, you know, uh, I enjoyed having that fifth year, though. It was kind of like a, a walk through. Um, I really I kind of got to just slide by 
back because people wanted me to get the hell out, you know? So it was not too bad. Wow. So it was sort of an honorary held, like being held back. It wasn't an actual official held. Like you, like you suck, you, you need to stay in the grade and you need to prove yourself. It was just sort of like a, you don't have that many credentials. So we just have to do this because it's part of, it's part of our uh, protocol. Right. And I was 18 and in classes with freshmen. Um, and I was living on my own because, I mean, if we want to get into some dark stories, we can later, right? We can talk about this whole redemption path that I took during that time. But um, basically, I was 18, living on my own and taking all these classes with a bunch of freshmen. And I just didn't take them seriously because of that. So, I mean, it was funny because I had a Spanish teacher who would email me and say, like, your child is, like, refusing to do homework. And I'd be like, yeah, that's me. I told I told you that I wasn't going to. And then she she would send me another email saying, like your child is responding to the emails that I'm sending. And I'm like, yes, that's right. Because I am my own guardian. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's crazy. So you, wow. That's what a story. What a story. Have you ever seen, yeah. uh, have you ever seen the room with Tommy Wiseau? Cause that's the, that's the reference I want to say right now. What a story. You make the reference, I'll follow along and nod like I understand. Okay, so you have <laughs> you haven't seen the room. Damn it, Kyle. You gotta see the room, dude. I have not, but I will still nod along. I will <laughs> I, I figure I'm gonna learn a lot here. I've listened I've listened to your podcast and I feel like there's so many things I haven't experienced because of all the, the movie references and things. I'm I'm just not a movie guy. I prefer like things live and right in front of me. I just I, I sit down and watch a movie, I fall asleep, and that's just what happens to me. And I, that's why I'm learning so much. Wow. So, okay. So how many, <laughs> how many movies do you think you've seen in the last five years? Let's just, let, let's just get a total here. Right. Let, I'll just be very honest with you and say, I finally have watched Star Wars as of two months ago. So like the entirety of the Star Wars saga, I finally watched for the first time two months ago. So that's how far behind I am on movies. Okay. I mean, I, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people, those are like, you know, quintessential movies. I actually am not a big fan of Star Wars and I was in your boat too. It took a long time for me to get on that bandwagon. And then it, after the end of the empire strikes back, I was like, okay, I, I don't think I want to continue. I, I supposedly these are the two best. I, I just watched the two best. So I think I'm, I'm going to wipe my, wipe my hands and be like, okay, I'm done. So, you know, you've probably seen more Star Wars movies than I have. So, um, I, it's possible. Uh, back in the back when um, episode one first came out, I watched it, and that's what cut me off. So I had watched four, five, and six as a young child, and then one came out, and I watched it, and I was like, "What is this? This is crap. This isn't Star Wars. This is just a load of crap." So I will be honest that I only watched from four to, I think seven or eight i haven't seen the most recent one yet but it just came out on disney plus so i hope to watch it soon yeah yeah and and apparently that's the like the redeeming one uh that's the redeeming one the the last jedi got uh got destroyed from my understanding uh like critically so i don't know i don't i'm so off that bandwagon like i said but um uh, that's cool, dude. That you that that you took a couple listens to the podcast because uh, it's funny. I started out as a as a movie podcast, and then I got sick and tired of strictly talking movies because I don't know. I feel like there's there's so many interests that I that anybody has, and me included. And I was like, all right, I got to branch out here. So um, the reason, well, go ahead. I, I was 
to say, if I before coming onto your podcast, I actually Googled podcasting topics for idiots, right? Like, you know, basically like the for dummies version of being on a podcast. I took the time out of my day today while I was working. I was like, this is I'm going to nail this today. And basically what you're saying is that you already did number one. You discussed a favorite topic, but you just did it so much that it got so tiresome, you know, so you've already done that first step. Please, please humor me and tell me what are these other these other steps? Because <laughs> I have never done this. I've never Googled podcasting yes. topics. Oh well, I'm I'm here for you. Podcasting for dummies. I'm here to teach. Uh, so we can review or recap an event or an entertainment series, which you've already done with your Transformers series as well. So the first two, you're knocking out of the park already. Terminator, Terminator, not Transformers. I, I Terminator. I, I uh, oh, it started with a T. <laughs> just uh edit that out just act like i said the right thing from the beginning terminator you know, your terminator <laughs> series is great <laughs> okay what's number three or was that number one that was number two no okay. i mean we're going through uh spot light okay. a subject uh i feel like you spotlight several subjects but i think that's trying to tell people like you really got to zone in on one thing. You can't kind of go off on a million tangents, but that's impossible for me. So I hope that this podcast is still good, even without me spotlighting one specific subject. No, no. See, I disagree with that third one. You, ugh, those are, you know, but who am I to say, but I think the best podcasts are the ones where it's just, it's literally anything and everything. We can go off on a million side tangents and then somehow at the end of it, we can be like, wow, that was, that was actually worthwhile. We can come back around and be like, wow. And that's the beauty of it. It's, it, it's all recorded, right? So when you listen back to it, if you decide to listen back to it, if you're, if you're kind of curious how you sound, it's just interesting to see how many side tangents you can go off on. So I don't know. I'm all about side tangents personally. I'm sure there will be several. I'm, 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 I'm well aware of this. I'm ready for it. I feel like we got 12 years of catch up to do, and I am now an expert on podcasting. So, all right. What's number five? Give recommendations. So, for me, I feel like I want to recommend, I, I would recommend that everybody listen to your podcast, but anybody that's listening <laughs> to this already does. So, I don't know what else to recommend. So, I think as I go through, I will remember things from my life that I want to recommend to people like, hey, from from what you've already heard, don't do five years of high school because the last one is a waste. But <laughs> go out there and do it. All oh, right, man. that's a recommendation. Well, <laughs> according to you, this is not uh, this is not something that is occurring in every fifty, like all fifty states, right? This is something that maybe only occurs in Florida, and does it still occur? That's the it's real question. I, I don't know. I just I just know it was so weird to me that like why would you why wouldn't you tell me that at the beginning of my senior year? Then yeah. I could have changed this. You know, I could have I could have taken some of those freshman classes instead of taking like I took a period off every every quarter, you know, or whatever it was. I don't know. I don't remember if we did quarters or semesters or I don't remember how it worked. Damn, that's interesting. Okay, I gotta um because I do have trusty Google in front of me, so I'm gonna just really quickly. What do you think I should type in? Like, it would be does, ah, like what would it be called? Uh, Florida's uh, hold holding back policy. Florida's holding 
back. Well, so for me, it was that I didn't have applicable credits because I went to a charter school. So I don't know if how how those transfer from charter school to public school in Florida. It just could be it could be a universal thing. It could just be a Florida thing. Who knows? Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. It, it says a student may not be retained more than once in grade three. What? <laughs> okay. Um. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I got to do this on my yeah. own time because I'll just like there will be so much dead air if I'm just going through this and and we don't like. Yeah, we'll get we'll get lost in a loop. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We don't like dead air. So. Um, no. 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 So that was number five, uh, where you do recommendations, right? And number six. Yeah. Promote your business. So if you have your own, don't. I um. I, I actually have one of the most exciting jobs in the world. I get to supervise people in a call center for a bank. Huh? Yeah? Huh? Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, excited. Yeah, I had to uh I had to sit down and I was sitting down, but I had to metaphorically, yeah. you know, sit down. <laughs> right. And if you're the type of person and you're the listening to this podcast and you're the type of person who calls your bank stop being that kind of person that's 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 me promoting my business so you deal with people that are like you know what pissed off beyond belief that 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 there's like a charge on their card that they didn't approve that's you or or that they did approve but they didn't have the money for and then they don't (laughs) want to pay for it yeah wow how do you okay so how do you handle so if you think like Go ahead. See, see, see what I'm talking about? This damn overlap. (laughs) It does. Yeah. If if you think, if you think like the, the, can I see your manager people like in regular customer service environments, but then think about that when they're like, can I talk to your manager? And it has to do directly with their money and their livelihood. And that's what I deal with on a daily basis. But how do you deal with someone that is, cause you can clear, like, can you clearly tell that, that, that someone did approve it? That they're not like they're not being complete, um, like they're not telling a complete story. Like where if someone calls right and 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 they realize okay, there's a charge on my card that I did not approve. Are you able to distinguish that between someone who did approve it and they're just lying out their ass? There are certain situations where you're talking with people and you can absolutely discern that information. Uh, there, we will we will research for you if you know we're questioning it, but. There are some times when you're talking to somebody and you can absolutely tell that they did the transaction, but they just aren't happy with the fact that they spent that money and now they're trying to get it back. Um. Damn. Wow. No, dude, that, that, that's a real look. You know, I know you're uh, I know you're making light of your job, but man, I mean, we need those people. We need people like you that we can call. And because I've been in that situation multiple times where I've looked at my statement and I'm like, whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. What, how did that get there? You know, and I don't want to deal with a robot. I don't want to call that number and fuck. Like that's the worst part is when you just like I want to talk to a human, so I want to talk to you. That's so you're like a you're like you're literally a lifesaver. Right for me, for me, I I do make light of it because there is a lot of there's a lot of these situations where I talk to somebody and they're really having a hard time, whether it be financially or you know they they need some kind of. Ex- made or something happened that was out of their control and those people i'm so happy to help absolutely and that that's what makes your day is when you get that person who comes in heated because 
we don't really understand what happened, but you can help them solve it and walk through it. That feels really good. But then you also get that opposite end of the spectrum where the people honestly are don't want to help themselves, right? So you're giving them the option so that they can but that that answer isn't good enough because it doesn't happen right away or it doesn't happen you know on their terms but you're you're educating them you're giving them the right examples of where to go but they're refusing to do those things and they blame it on you that's when i'm trying to make life bit and kind of make fun of it but it does it feels good to actually be able to make a real difference for some people and it's such a weird thing to say like i'm not out there like saving lives or you know curing covid or anything, but I'm trying to help people with their financial problems. And I think that's still, it's a huge weight off of people's back. When I was younger, I had terrible credit and I was terrible with money. And I don't know how I got a job at a bank, but thank God I did because now I understand it and I can help my friends, my family, and you know strangers with that really difficult thing, which is just managing money. Yeah, man, that's an, and talk, I mean, talk about a success story. I mean, seriously, like, like you just said you were shitty with your credit and and now you work for a bank. I mean, that's a success story if I ever heard one, you know? Yeah, I think it's all change in priority, you know? Uh, there's There was a time in my life where I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think we all kind of go through that at some point. Like, when I was in high school, like, I was like, I'm going to be an actor. But then I graduated high school and I passed up a full-ride scholarship for theater because I just didn't want to do anything. I was just so unmotivated to try to do anything and that kind of continued for a while and i i you know i did drugs i drank a lot and i just kind of messed up a lot of, of my life and made bad decisions and i came to a point where i had to kind of hit a crossroad and say if i'm going to change i have to change now like i got to stop blaming how i feel or how my life is going on things that happened to me how do I contribute to these things that have happened and what can I do to change that? And once I started with that mindset, things really kind of bolted in a more positive direction. And I would have never thought, like if you asked me in high school, Kyle, will you be a manager at a bank? I'd be like, no, there's no way I would be. But I am and here's where I stand and I'm pretty happy and pretty healthy. So that that all makes me feel good. That's good, dude. That's really good. And um I want to continue this, but I have to ask you, are you, uh, cause you, uh, like I'm kind of giving up on this line thing. Cause you, you kept cutting out a, like a bit there. So, um, are you on Wi-Fi or no? I'm not on my Wi-Fi cause my Wi-Fi is terrible. Oh, okay. So I wonder if, I wonder if we switch to just a regular phone call. I wonder if that's gonna, it would be the same, same thing, right? Because this is all based off of your cell reception. Um, it, it could be. I typically have no problem on phone calls, but... Oh, okay. So this is what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to take a quick break and uh, after this sponsor, because I do have a, like a sponsor that plays. So what I'll do is I'll just stick it in the middle of this episode and um, we're going to be right back. And hopefully we're going to have a better connection just because um, there's a lot that I want to go into uh, with Kyle. So during the break, uh, Kyle, if you can just message me your number on Facebook Messenger and uh, we'll try that out. All right. We'll do it. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Oh, okay. So far, so good. I like the way it sounds. I like the way it sounds. It feels, it feels less delayed to me, too. It does. Wow. Check that out. Oh, my God. All right. Maybe I should give up on that app. 
<laughs> Who knows? I, I, I felt like there was a little bit of a delay, but you said it wasn't so bad. So I was I was going with it. But now I feel this is much better. And I don't have to feel like, am I going to cut him off if I say something right here? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I like it. All right. All right. You know what? Sometimes you, you, you just got to mess around and play around and see what works best. So I think this works best. I hope everyone that listened to that that sponsor, you can you can get a get a use out of it. I don't know what the sponsor is. It's It's likely to change. So that's why sure. I can't name drop it but um yeah i love that sponsor i love everything that they do they do a wonderful job <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if it's the, like if it's actually your bank that'd be funny that'd be great yeah <laughs> they do a great job whoever that sponsor is i love them i endorse them <laughs> move right along yes all right so um that's great man that's great so do you still do because this is one reason among many other reasons i wanted to get you on here do you still do theater or is that sort of a thing of the past for you now Oh man, theater's still a huge part of my life. I, uh, I if we if we're talking twelve years, right? There's been a lot that I've done in twelve years. I, uh, I've directed children's theater. I've taught theater at both community, regional, professional levels. I've performed community, regional, professional levels. Um, I currently I, I'm in a little bit of a break, but then also COVID has kind of forced me to take a break anyway. When I was in the middle of that break. Uh, and mostly for the past, like, I'd say two years, I've just been doing community theater because it got tough with work to kind of do the professional theater stuff, but I'll never lose that, uh, theater bug that they call it, you know? Yeah, dude, that's great, man. Because that's, you know, because of social media, we're able to just follow people. Right. And, and literally like we're able to, uh, be stalkers online. And that's something that I've been able to, you know, every once in a while, just be like, Oh, what's like, is Kyle still doing theater? And uh, for the longest time, you would always, uh, do you still post a, like a lot about it or am I just not seeing what I should be I, seeing? <laughs> I honestly fall off of social media at okay. least for like the past four years. I'll post once in a while, like, hey, here's a picture of me doing something interesting. Uh, mostly all I post is when I go to Disney because I love to go to Disney and do the touristy thing where like you take a ton of pictures and you wear like the Disney themed shirts and you wear matching outfits and do all that. I love that. I, I think that's so much fun and really like, um, uh, what's the right word here? It's I'm losing it. I don't have the right word, but it's fun. It's like cheesy, you know, and I love it. I love that part of it. Uh, but the theater, the theater, I think for me, I just really want my performance on stage to kind of speak for itself. I felt like for me, social media became such like an ego booster of a platform where it was like, anytime I want somebody to tell me that I'm doing a great job, that's what I'm going to post on social media. And I, I didn't feel good about that. And I think because of that, I, I didn't post as much about like, hey, I'm performing in this, I'm doing this because it was the ego boost that I should be giving myself should come from me and not from how many people click like on my posts, you know? Ooh, I like that. No, that's good. That's a good, uh, analysis kind of, of the whole social media age that we're living in. So you're not, uh, you're not necessarily, uh, looking for all those likes. You're not looking for hearts and, and approval. And that's pretty good. That, 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 that's actually really good. Really good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I just sounded that way i think i choked on my water <laughs> it's a really good it's a really yeah, yeah. good 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's so true because if you if you realize like a lot of people that are suffering from like anxiety or from like depression, we're we're in such a weird social media age that they really fall towards like can do people like my posts? Do people and if people don't like your posts, do they then not like me? And I don't think that's absolutely true because a human interaction is so much more important than getting somebody to click on something that you've posted online. And I think that you can get so wrapped up in that mindset that like I'm going to type something and everybody's going to think it's so funny. And then you get one like on it and then you're like, wow, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. So I think it can beat you up and drag you up in in both ways in a way that's not actually realistic. So I think for me, I kind of just drew back and I was like, if I want to share something, it's going to be because I want my friends to see it. It's not because I want them to like it. It's just that I kind of want to share what's going on. Like when I go to Disney, like I'm, I'm doing something I don't typically do. Here you go. Take a look at it. I'm enjoying it. Maybe you will too. Um, but not about like boosting my own ego or trying to make myself feel better by the amount of likes I'm going to get. And I think that really has taken over a lot of society. It's just that people are Instagram likes, Twitter likes, retweets, whatever it is. And it's just, I don't, I don't want to prescribe to that formula, you know? Yeah. And what's really interesting is you, you were in high school when all this, all this stuff was sort of like just becoming what it is now but it was like in its infancy when you were in high school so you had yeah, a it was. you had a pretty unique one because you know by the time I graduated that stuff had just you know really exploded so I graduated 2011 and and you know Facebook um I think Twitter was around I don't know like I'm I'm bad with dates and shit but I'm I'm pretty sure social media was a thing at that point and but you had an experience where it was you know what was your thing? It was what? MySpace, right? MySpace was still around. MySpace was a lot more of where people went, I guess. But still, social media wasn't what it is today then, right? Like, people had it, and you used it, and, like, your MySpace, you'd put, like, a, a cool song that you were listening to that week. Like, back in high school, I probably had, like, brand new as, like, my MySpace music profile song or whatever. Uh so it was just a whole different experience. And like you had your top eight friends and if you made it to somebody else's list, you were like the coolest person. Yeah. Oh man. Damn. Yeah. Oh, that but that was more so what was popular when I was in high school. And then Facebook kind of started to come on the scene right around my senior year. Cause I think I got one my first senior year. And that's and mostly at that point, you were just posting pictures and you weren't really doing much else on Facebook and all your like chatting or whatever was happening through MySpace. Very true. Yeah, very true. And now it's funny if you go to MySpace, it's sort of just like a, I don't even know what it is. It's uh, let me see here. MySpace.com. I have not done this in like, I don't remember the last time I clicked on MySpace. I don't even know what this is. What the hell is this? I don't know. It became a music platform for a while, but I haven't, I can't say that I've clicked on it in several years. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Tom still exists. (laughs) Well, let's see. Uh, Ooh, go to sign in. Whoa. That's funny. Sign into MySpace using your Facebook, Twitter. (laughs) So you have to have a Facebook or a Twitter to sign into MySpace. Great. So now they don't even have their own platform. It's probably been bought out by the two of them, I'd say. Wow, that is funny. That is ironic. The thing that, because literally MySpace was the, there was nothing before MySpace. MySpace was the the thing, right? Or am I just yeah. completely oblivious I, to what was before? I mean, there have, there have always been things. There was like a live journal, 
or something like that where people would have like little blogs that they did and they had little journals and people would comment on them. It was almost almost like uh, a really, really old version of Reddit. Um, but people would more so post like blogs or like journal entries from their day and then people would comment on them. And I think that and MySpace kind of were hand in hand, LiveJournal and MySpace. And then um, it definitely took off from there. I, I just can't keep up. You know, I'm, I'm not as hip as I sound. Did you ever did you ever see what that because because, you know, that photo that Tom used on his MySpace, it was like a real kind of zeroed in kind of image like you could only see like, you know, like the 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 like the squared image of that photo you know what i'm talking about him with the thumbs up yeah yes if you ever yeah. actually i'm trying to pull it up here because i do remember seeing it but if you like like if you see the whole photo it's so funny because around him is just it literally looks like he's in like uh like it looks like he's sitting in a pile of garbage it literally just looks like his room is littered with coke cans and 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 newspapers and it's it's so funny, but I can't find it because I guess they don't really want you to see what it actually looks like. But the photo is of him in front of like a whiteboard and he's just smiling at the camera. That's the that's the photo that everyone saw. But no one ever no one really ever saw that full photo that he didn't crop. And the crop right. you know, like the like the like the non cropped version is he's just sitting at a at a place where it literally looks like it's a like a landfill. And it's very unsettling. I can't find it, but I was just I, I think to me, like if I picture somebody who's like designing and developing a website, they're probably surrounded in Mountain Dew cans and Snickers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to be, man, because please tell me, OK, because I know you don't watch a lot of movies, but did you see the social network at least? I believe that I've seen it, but my memory of it is not very good no oh that is geez that is a great movie and uh it's written by aaron sorkin um do you know that name aaron sorkin he did a a few good men i know the name i i and and you're just nodding in agreement like i said when we get to these points this is where i'm gonna nod along and, and just be like yes excellent point well, see, A Few Good Men was actually, before it was the Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson movie where you can't handle the truth and, and, and all that shit, it was actually a stage play by mm. by Aaron Sorkin. It was one of those ones that was a play first, and then it got adapted into a movie. Versus um, what all of Broadway is now. Exactly. Is the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, But he wrote uh, The Social Network, and man, that movie just... Even if it's not 100% accurate, because I'm sure there's inaccuracies in it, it's just, yeah, what you said there is 100% true. They just, they're up all night, they're, their eyes are bloodshot, and it's just, stuff like that blows my mind. I can't, it's, it's hard for me to fathom how anything gets created. Do you think about this as well? How does anything get created? I, I, I do think about it from time to time, actually. It's like, I have a good idea, but like, it stops at being like, a thought right <laughs> it, it just it, it stops after i'm like i I'll, I'll be taking a shower i'll be like man that's a great idea but i get out of the shower and i forget about it like i don't, I don't remember what i just thought of but these people with the creative ingenuity to like really take something from an idea and say all right well now how do i incorporate this idea and then what does it take to be able to start doing this and what do i need to learn what do i need to do there's so many steps that come into that <clears throat> excuse me sorry and then at the same point they they then 
when you're creating anything, you're going to run into things that don't work from what you're creating. So then you also have to be able to backtrack and then go a different direction and still be able to come up with a product. And I think that's insane. Yeah, yeah. And almost because a lot of people think Mark Zuckerberg, the guy that made Facebook, like they, like he's like the pinnacle of, you know, what what is one of the best inventions in I I use that term loosely best because there's a lot of arguments that social media is really bad but you know you can't deny the fact that that social media is in an incredible invention in, in terms of what it can do and how you and I you and I I have not seen you in 12 years yet I feel as though I've been able to see you because of social media and right. uh so I think a lot of people think of him as sort of like, oh my God, he's he's a genius and everything. But again, I would argue that it's MySpace. It's because he he took the template of MySpace and just kind of made his own version of it. But it, originally, it wasn't even supposed to be what it is. I think it it was supposed to be a version of Hot or Not. I think, and or it might have actually even been called Hot or Not, and it was just supposed to be like, do you think this person is hot? Yes, no. Like, 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 like Tinder in a way. I remember that website. <laughs> did you have a profile? <laughs> I, I did. I used to, I used to mess around on it because it was fun. Like it was funny. Like there, uh, the internet was so weird. YouTube was different. Everything was so different than when I was in high school. So like those websites that came up, people would post the most hilarious pictures on hot or not. Like I, re I remember vaguely a picture of like a guy just holding a banana and like running from it. it it was the weirdest thing but i i gave it a high i thought it was awesome like i i i wasn't there to judge people for real i was there for like the, the memes or what would be now be called a meme but then we didn't really have a word for it yeah <laughs> yeah back then it was just a photo of a of a banana and a guy mm -hmm. <laughs> wow and you thought that was hot yeah i thought it was awesome wow. i was like this is hilarious and so mostly everything like we, I went to the internet for like weird things and I guess now, I guess it's still what I do on the internet. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know who does it, but yeah, I, I was going to say, we all go to the internet for weird things. I wonder if that photo is still out there. I would love to see. A f I, I, it... Like I said, it's a, it's a vague remembrance. Like I couldn't say, but I feel like he was running from a banana and I was like, that's pretty hilarious. And that's, that speaks to, you know, how, um, you said earlier that I was sophisticated. It really speaks to my sophisticated <laughs> sense of humor. So, oh my god, dude. Yeah, man. I don't. You know, I don't have. Uh, I don't have very, very many memories that I can look back on and actually recount them one hundred percent. Because, I mean, perfect example. I completely forgot about Fools, and I don't know. I and that was one of my favorite experiences making that show. Yeah, and we have a great photo of the two of us from Fools that does exist on Facebook on facebook i is it on yours or is it on mine it's it's probably on my facebook um under the album titled one moment i'm gonna get this for you right now and i'm just gonna fill the time with my luscious voice <laughs> <laughs> it's under the album titled the more dramatic side the more dramatic side i okay hold on because you're doing and it there's a picture of you through my cane I'm going to do it, too. Let me see here. Yeah. Facebook. It's Little Eddie. Little Eddie. Let me see here. Kyle Carlson. Kyle W. Carlson. Let's so get that correct. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> gray beard. What does that mean? Uh, that's just uh, because I have a gray beard now. So, it's you know, it's my pirate uh, name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Photos. There we go. Photos under the album. Uh, what is it again? 
It's entitled The More Dramatic Side. The More Dramatic Side. Oh, here it is right here. Okay. All right. Now we got to scroll back a little bit. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, yeah man. there are a few photos of just you and me in Jeez. that show. And there is that one of, yes, me looking through the cane. Wow. Do you remember when we had to pose for these photos? Like, these weren't taken during a live show. They were, like, they had us pose for specific moments in the show. Yes. And then they walked around us with a camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, it, it's very similar to a lot of what they do with movies and, and you know, and shows and shit. They like, like you'll see these promotional things and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that moment in the, in the thing. And then it never happens. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just, it's so funny because I did a ton of professional theater and only one company that I did that with did that same thing. So every other company just took live production photos or live photos when you had final dress or something like that. But only one other company did it where like we posed in different moments from the show. And that's the most awkward photo I think I could ever take. Like get me when I'm naturally acting. Cause you're trying to then tell me to act as a picture of myself. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, everyone listening. If you want to see these all, when this episode comes out, I'll have these uh, tagged with it. Cause the, Oh man, this is a definitely a trip down memory lane. And this is something that, I've discovered doing this podcast. It's one of the many, I guess you could say blessings, even though I'm not necessarily that religious, but it's, it is a blessing because I've been able to just go back, man. And, and I totally forgot about these photos. I forgot about fools. I have no clue. And I'm, and I feel ashamed because it's one of the best experiences now that I'm looking at it. I'm like, I had such a great time doing that. And I've been, you know, uh, a few times on this podcast, I've been talking about, I think, you know, doing something like that because that is what saved me in high school, that the arts saved me a hundred percent because other than that, I, I had zero interest in, an, in, in actual education. Was that the same thing like, for you? Oh, a hundred percent. If I, if I didn't have theater, I, I would have probably never completed high school. Like I would not have gone back for the fifth year had it not been for the theater department at FBC. Uh, there's no way I would have gone back to finish had I not had the had I not had I not gone to Mary Beale and been like, so I'm coming back another year. Can I still do theater? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd be I'd love to have you in the shows. And I was like, all right, then I'm coming back. Yeah. And uh, didn't um, she didn't direct Fools. That was Tom Watley, wasn't that it? Was Watley, yeah. That was wow. Watley. Tom Watley. I remember that guy. He always his breath smelled like coffee. Always. Yes. Yeah, and and clove cigarettes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was like um that was a that was like a cameo of a director because he came in, did one show, and as far as I know, he he that was it. He just did yeah. one show and then he just kind of up and left. Um he, he was only there that year and uh I think it's because he wasn't going to have Eric Shea and I anymore. And I I I don't I'm going to hate to throw these guys under the bus, but we did try to ask Watley to smoke pot with us after school several times and whoa. he never would. He never would. Wow, that's how comfortable you felt with him, huh? Yeah, I mean we felt we called him Waddles. <laughs> I don't know if he liked it or not. He was so like he he he, he it was either him or Spurdone that were like, I believe in the two by four school of acting. And he'd whack the two by four. I don't remember if it was him or, or Spurdone, but. He was on the podcast. Anyway. Did you see that one? I, I, I saw that he was on. I haven't given it a listen yet. Yeah. I, I listened to Boyd's because uh, I vaguely remember Void Fulmer. And I listened to a couple others where it didn't seem like it was a somebody that had uh, like a specific interest that would probably follow the. 
the trend of going along one thing, whether it be like Scientology or whatever they, they might be into themselves. Um, but more so, this is a friend of mine and we're just going to talk. And I was like, let me listen to more of those so I can get kind of the, the vibe for this. Oh, okay. Interesting. What is that? <laughs> uh... I plan on going through because now I'm subscribed and I'll just have it playing while I'm doing paperwork at work. Nice, dude. What's the, uh, w- without going down the rabbit hole, because I've, I've harped on this all, like so fucking hard, what is your take on Scientology? It, my take is I'm not educated enough to have one. Ah, okay. Do you know, I, I though, that it's not necessarily the, the most approved of thing? I do not. You know, I, I do. I do. I must admit, I am not the most educated person when it comes to things outside of what I actually care to know about. And I think I do it on purpose just for my own sanity, uh, because I feel like so many people get so enwrapped and involved. And I think this is, all comes back to the social media, that their opinion is the only one that's accurate. And I, and I just don't want to be involved in that. So I kind of just pick and choose what I want to learn about. But well, hey, I do I have mean, this great thing called Google that I can look up. Yes. And Google will. I mean, that's the answer right there. That's the I mean, that's arguably the reason why Scientology is not as popular as it ever was, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's without, like I said, harping on it, it's 100% cult. And I've had a few of the members that uh, I, uh, one of them is uh, the the father of the leader of Scientology. Um, and uh, his name's Ron Miscavige. So he's, uh, that's a, that's an enlightening one. But uh, the most recent episode is, uh, he's a former ex-Scientologist as well. And it's just it's a it's a dangerous thing. It's a you know at the beginning, I think a lot of people think that the the policies and the beliefs and the 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 teachings are really good, and then it's once you get kind of sucked in and brainwashed, that's where it's that's where it all falls apart. But um, that's good, man. You kind of just yeah, you pick and choose what you uh, what you like. So obviously that's theater. And uh, what else is like 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 what else is in the rolodex of Kyle Carlson's interests? Uh, I mean, so I, I I feel like I'm a very eclectically interested person. Like, I love board games, right? Who doesn't love board Ooh. games? That's a crazy thing to point out, right? I love board games. Um, I, I, I've taken up disc golfing recently. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, it's like ball golf, which would be what you... Um, what you muggles call golf um (laughs) but it's just golfing with discs or frisbees um and you throw them at you know chain baskets in the woods and it's just it's such a great time to just go out you get to like take a two mile hike through the woods and you get to throw plastic and mostly just hit trees while you're aiming for a nice basket full of chains Ooh, are you someone it sounds like you could be someone that just lives in the woods could you I, I think I could. I mean, if you if you remember me from high school, that definitely would have been more my style at that point. Um, like I I was I would have loved just you know living in the woods or just living on the beach, and I I wouldn't have needed you know the comforts of a home. I think I could still do that now, but I think I I've grown up a little bit since that point. But that was definitely I think that was the goal when I was in high school. Was like I'm gonna I'm just gonna be a hippie and live my life the way that I want to. Um, and Eric Rich actually took that and went, went with it. I did not run with it as far as he did. Yes. Oh my God. He definitely did. He, um, he, uh, cause he grew out like a super duper crazy looking beard, right? Like he went full on just like screw the world. I'm just like, I don't even know what he does. I like the only reason I know about him is because there was this one time where I guess he was teaching something at this, 
uh, it's called the, the swim and racket club. And, uh, it's sort of this giant empty parking lot. Usually a lot of times, like at nighttime, it's so dead. And, uh, that's usually like back in the day, that's where I, like, if I had a girlfriend, that's where I would take them. You know what I mean? Like, like I would take them in my car and I'd be like, Hey, this is this like kind of secluded spot. We're just going to have, you know, it's just going to be the two of us. And, uh, I guess he was teaching there at that time because this empty parking lot, all of a sudden just, you know, we had been sitting there for maybe 20 minutes or something. And all of a sudden this car just comes out of nowhere. Right. And, and I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. We got, we got a visitor and literally he gets out. Right. So he parks kind of, you know, like a safe distance from my car and he gets out of his car and he comes up to my window and he knocks on it. Right. So I don't know who this is that. Like at first, I like I just think this could be anybody. So I roll the window down. Luckily, nothing had, you know, really taken place in terms of like we're like not clothed or anything. But right, the makeout zone, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're still in that area. So uh, I roll the window down. And at first I don't even recognize him because it's dark and everything. But he's, you know, basically asking me, what am I doing here? Because I guess this is his place of in you know work. And I think it became popular for people to do that at that spot. It was just sort of like, hey, there's no one around here at nighttime. So let's just go here. And so I guess he was just doing what he felt was his job of making sure that people weren't doing shady shit in his parking lot. And he basically is like, you know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, we're, we're, we're just talking and we just wanted to, you know, have some seclusion. And he's like, okay, um, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And only then, because again, it's nighttime. He has a beard. I look at him and the whole time he's talking, I'm thinking, why do I know you? I, I know you. I know you. How do I know you? And then, of course, when he leaves, right? So after he tells us, I'm going to have to ask you to leave or I'll call the cops or whatever. As I'm leaving, I'm like, no way. Was that Eric Rich? Was that Eric Rich? So then I go up on you know Facebook, and yeah, it was him. It was 100% him. He had no clue who I was. I made zero impact in his life. <laughs> I mean, our senior year, I'll be fair, we, we, didn't, we probably didn't remember much of what happened that year. Uh, but he, he was, he was, I mean, I, I bet you now it's, it's, if him and I got together, it would be just like we were in high school. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, you probably have that person that like you were so close to in high school. Maybe you don't see all the time, but if you run into him, it's like nothing ever changed. Oh you know? yeah. And that's me with Eric Rich without a doubt. Anytime I'm in Palm coast, I've seen, I've seen him and I'm like, this is my guy. This is my guy. So is and he, he does. Uh, is like a mountain man. Is he more along the lines of someone like what you just said, or is it Justin? Uh, I, I would say for me, it's Eric. Okay. You know, for me, more more so. But that whole group, you know, Eric, Shay, Justin, we were all super close in high school for sure. Shay. Why do I not remember Shay? Shay. Uh, he played the bad guy when we were in Fools, if that helps you. Shay. Uh, is he in those photos that we looked at or no? He would be in the group photo. Shay. Hold on, I gotta, because now this is gonna bug me in that in that big group photo. The big group photo, yeah, he's the one. Let me see here. With like the slicked back hair and the. Oh, uh, yeah, I I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you, Eric, Justin, Shay. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. What about Allison? What about Allison? Allison, I still talk to. I went. I actually, I was. I I live in Massachusetts now, right? Uh, three years ago, I still got invited to her wedding after living in Massachusetts for, I've been in Massachusetts now for 10 years. So I'd been in Massachusetts for like seven years and I still, I, and I came out to Palm coast for her wedding. Uh, and that was wonderful. It was actually in, 
Tallahassee, I believe, and not in Palm Coast, but I came out and I went to her wedding. And then her husband is actually from like this area where I live now. And anytime that they come up here to visit his family, I get to see her. So that's pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah. They were always like, that's, isn't that funny how uh, you'll see certain people? So when I entered high school, her and Justin were a thing. And and it always shocked me because this just you know shows my my uh, infancy in terms of understanding you know I guess relationship dynamics. When that ended, I was like, "What? No, this can't no, be. That can't be a thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then she dated Eric for a little while, which whoa. was crazy. It was that was after high school. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, uh, a I lot didn't. of things happened, man. A lot of things happened. I, I, I was the uninvolved guy in high school that was like, I'm never going to be in a long term relationship. And then look at me now. I'm in a relationship for almost four years. So, wow. I don't know. And you're, so is it just a, like you're not married, right? No, no, no. We not are, we, we, we moved in together about seven months ago, eight months ago. So things are going well. Nice. Yeah, I never pictured myself as the committed type back in the day, but we're, we're making choices and changing lives, you know? Now, this is, uh, so again, this is just uh, doing that side tangent thing because it just hit me. You said you go to Disney a lot and being someone who is very theatrical, when you watch those kinds of productions at the Disney parks, is that something that you're kind of critical of? Because it's, it's, it's a variation of theater, right? It's It's... You could say it is theater, but it's more of it's a theme park attraction. You know, it's a it's a very uh, watered down version of a of a of a regular show because they have to you know do show times five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day. I think there's a part of me like when I go see a show, if I'm like paying you know uh, eighty dollars to go see a show, whether it be at the professional level or whatever it is on stage, and it's like a full production, I'm much more of uh, I'm much more critical when I'm actually like at a show that's meant to be a show. When I'm at the Disney theme park, I'm just in awe the whole time, and I don't know what it is. I think like I. I never got to go to Disney when I was a kid. When I, I grew up in California, all my friends for winter break, summer break, got to go to Disneyland. And my mom took me to SeaWorld and to Safari, San Diego Zoo Safari. So I didn't get to go to Disneyland. So then as an adult, when I got to go to Disney World, like I just was so enveloped by the magic that like I think I just really let myself kind of go. And I give up on like those critiquing and things like that. And I, I watch it and I'm like, I could do that. And I think that's more so what I I do at Disney versus anywhere else. Okay. So you're not as critical. It's more of just, I gotta, I gotta let the magic just take me over and, and, and that's it. And you get swept in the magic of Disney. I really do. I really do. I'm like a child, man, when I go there. And that's, I think it's, that's, that's a great feeling to have where like I go, you know, I'll pay a hundred some odd dollars to go see a, a national tour with a professional cast and equity members and all this. And I'm under impressed because I'm so critical. But when I go to Disney, I'm not critical at all. And I'm so blown away by everything. Even, even if their production value isn't as high, it's just something about it makes me so enveloped and enwrapped in the, in, the, in what's going on around me. Yeah. Well, right now no one's doing that or no, they're they're. I think they just, they just started opening it up. They started opening as of this recording, uh, I know that Universal is getting ready. I think on the fifth of June. Fifth of June, yeah. Yeah, but but Disney is still kind of. I know Disney Springs, which is like the the free version of Disney. If you just want to 
get that little tiny tip. If you want to get the tip of Disney, you can yeah, go. Just to, the tip. <laughs> you can go to uh, Disney Springs. But um, yeah, man, it's that's a that that's a bizarre thing. How just that was something no one ever thought was going to happen, where you shut down Disney World. Like I was actually in Disneyland when they shut down for COVID. No shit. Like you were there the last day. I was there the last day at Disneyland in Anaheim Whoa. when they shut down for COVID. Yeah. Cause I, I had surprised my girlfriend with a Disney trip for her Christmas. And all of a sudden this global pandemic comes and wipes out the end of our vacation. And I have to say that was like the least magical time I've ever been in Disney. And I think, <laughs> I think it's, you know, the weather wasn't great and I still had a good time, but like the weather wasn't great. And I think all the cast members had known that there were rumors of the park closing because it, it, there wasn't that magic experience from the cast members while I was there. And it was such a gloomy time to be there. And on the last day, it was so strange. Like at closing time, the whole cast like came and just waved goodbye to everybody. And it like, it, it was like a heartwarming experience, but it was also really, really solemn. <laughs> And it, it's like, it's so strange to be at Disney at a time where it's like, it's, it's something that you'll never experience in your life. And like only a few people can probably say they were there for the last day it was open, but it, like, that's, that's something on its own. It's a piece of history to be a part of, but at the same time, it was so solemn at the same time. It was a really weird feeling. And I, I, I never want to feel that way again. Yeah. Like, I feel gross. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that that would have been funny because like you said that is sort of a like a historical moment you were on the last day Disney had ever been well I can't say that because there had to have been another time like like a natural disaster maybe shut the park down for like an earthquake or something uh might have shut the park down for a day or two but you know yeah, the, the last time it was closed prior to this was September 11th and they only closed for a couple of days Oh okay so wow yeah, so that would have been wicked if you like on the way out, uh, they had instantaneously just because it's the magic of Disney, they just know how to do this shit. They pumped out like a bunch of limited edition T-shirts, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then they're they're like shooting them out of a T-shirt cannon. And you're like, all right, yeah, nice. Yeah, you're like COVID nineteen day. I was here. Oh man, that uh, that that would have been cool. That would have been really cool. I would have been into that maybe. Yeah. 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 And then we had to, we had to like get a flight back a day early and everybody, I got to say like JetBlue was on top of their stuff. Everybody was on top of their stuff. The hotel was super nice about like refunding us a day. Like it was the most pleasant experience to like go out a day early because the parks had closed that I've ever had. Are you going to uh, like, are you going to feel comfortable to fly again? Because that was already in like an uncomfortable thing for someone like me, because I'm a self-proclaimed germaphobe, so that's something that it, it always made me feel very uneasy going on a plane. And now it's just, geez, because, man, it, it, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I've been hearing horror stories of people that are flying now telling other people, you know, okay, can you move, like, a seat over, or can you go to that next seat in front of me? Like, the people are just so on edge. Is that going to be Kyle or no? I mean, for me, I'm on edge on a plane anyway, just because I kind of have a fear when I'm not in control of something and I'm not flying that plane. I'm not I'm not qualified to fly a plane, so I shouldn't. I'm not saying like, hey, put me in the driver's seat. But I, I get super uncomfortable as even as a passenger in a car, I get uncomfortable because I'm not in control. I, I have a weird thing about like needing to be able to control my own fate. Right. So like I'm uncomfortable anyway. I don't think it's going to make me any more uncomfortable because if if I get if I were to get it, I don't feel like I'm high risk. 
right? And But I do worry for people that I interact with who may be high risk. And that's mostly my worry with COVID because I don't feel like I'm high risk. And I feel like there, there's, I've, I've had friends who've contracted it, who have had, who have survived and all that. So I don't feel like I'm high risk. So I'm not as worried about getting it myself. But I think I am worried that if I were to get it and not know, and I come in contact with somebody who is high risk, then like, basically it's like I took a gun and pointed it at him. And that's when I would worry. Yeah. And this is something that's crossed my mind is, and this is the, this is the, uh, like a part I haven't heard discussed a lot, but it's something that you have to consider because I personally have, you know, I've been taking, you know, practice of social distancing. I've been doing all that stuff and, and I, I haven't experienced anything in terms of, you know, symptoms or, and it's just sort of like, I, you know, you, you keep hearing how so many people have gotten it. So many people have gotten it. And it's just in the back of my mind, I'm going like, and it is in where I live. Like there have been cases around where I live and it's just like, I'm doing my normal stuff. I go, you know, to, 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 to drive throughs. I get coffee. I do all this stuff and I haven't gotten it. It's just like, is this thing even real? Like, like wouldn't I have gotten it already? If, 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 if it's as bad as they say it is. I think it's different everywhere though. Cause like, are you still in Florida, Eddie? Sorry, I was swigging water. Yes, I am. Okay. And I know you guys are in a whole different phase than we are. In Massachusetts, like in in my area of Massachusetts too, it's, it got we got full-blown shut down. And like they're requiring masks when you go into stores. And there's a lot – like I work from home now where typically I'd be in the office. And it's like uh, I, I feel like – and we've had cases in our apartment building too. But I feel like it's not necessarily being blown out of proportion. I just think it's – it's hard to know because some people can show no symptoms and some people show a ton. So I think honestly it's, I want to get back to regular life, but I also at the same point, like I worry for the people around me who are high risk where I might not necessarily be. So I don't really care for my, for myself as much, but for others, I guess that's, that's the only reason why I social distance is for other people and not for myself. Well, I gotta say, I love your I love your Alphaba face mask that you're wearing right now from Wicked. It's you sound great in it. Thank you, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I love it, and you know maybe later we'll we'll get me on the high notes. You know. Yeah, you'll defy gravity. You'll because uh, yes. right now you're defying COVID nineteen. I'm doing my best. You know? <laughs> what do you think about Wicked? Is that like a is that an overrated thing? Because I hear. Uh, uh, like anytime I have someone in my car, right, and and I and I've gotten to know them to the point where I'm comfortable. That's sort of one of my go-to songs to see if they're gonna like if they're gonna uh, judge me in a way, like because I know every lyric, I I know everything about Defying Gravity, and if they're like, Wicked, get out of here. I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's it for us because you don't like Wicked. So, where do you fall? I love Steven Schwartz. Okay. I I saw Wicked on tour in Boston and I loved it. I am against the vast majority here, and don't shoot me because I said this. I am not a fan of Adina Menzel. Ooh, okay. I feel like all she does is scream. <laughs> like she doesn't she doesn't really sing, and I and I feel like I can feel my vocal cords restricting every time I hear her sing. And it just hurts me. And sorry for everybody who loves her in Frozen. I would much rather listen to the Frozen cast recording where Cassie Levi, I think is her name, actually sings Let It Go versus where Adina just screams it in my ear and I feel like my ears are bleeding. Yeah. Oh, man. But Adina Menzel, she's been in, I mean, what, she was in Rent. She did Wicked. She did Frozen. 
Yeah, she's she's been in Wild Party. She's done a lot of things. Wow. And I, it's not that I don't think that she's talented. Like I think she's a good actress, and I and I love her as Maureen in Rent. Right. I like that. I like that role for her. But when she sings, she screams, and I I feel pain when I hear it. When I've heard, you know, uh, Jessica Vosk played Alphaba uh, and Wicked, and she sings those songs majestically, and I love that. But with Adina, I feel like she's screaming at me, and I'm not the biggest fan. Did you ever see there was this show on NBC where they were trying to cast uh, the the revival of Grease? It was called Grease. You're the one that I want. I remember seeing ads for it and possibly seeing a couple videos on um, on YouTube. They did the same thing for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. They w- w- was that on NBC as well, or was that some other? No, that was on BBC, which is you know uh, <laughs> just one letter off. But, you know, close. <laughs> wow, yeah, that was a see. I didn't know about that one. I know about the Grease one only because I religiously watched that. That that was a while ago, but. Uh, I was lucky enough once they cast it. So once the two people at the end of the show won the competition, then they went to Broadway and they put on Grease. I uh, got tickets to that exact revival and I was like, wow, this is pretty damn cool. Um, I don't know. Grease is a uh, Grease is a uh, obviously it's a staple of, of, of musical theater, but I don't know. I feel like it's especially having done it. We did it uh, my, my junior year of high school and I don't know. It was, it was one of those, it's a safe show. It's a safe show. And I don't know. I like, um, I like doing more kind of, I guess what sport own does, which is a, which is a good segue because have you seen any of his shows at the CRT? I haven't been out to CRT since 2008, and I don't remember what they did that year when I watched it. Okay, they man, he he's just made a he's made a living off of doing like the the craziest, out, like most obscure, out of left field stuff that I just think it would be like if you were ever to come down here or or move down here, that would be something that I could see you just because he's continuously harped on me like, come on get back to it, get back to it. And I'm like, I don't know. The, the acting thing was something I thought I wanted to do, but it just, I don't know. I never stuck with it. And I don't know. It it, it was just, it was just something that I thought in high school that was going to be my calling. That was going to be, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be on Broadway. And I don't know. I, it was sort of unrealistic expectations, but do you remember Leanna? Like, did you know Leanna Gardella or no? I don't know if I did. She might have been a year or two after me. Okay. She's the only example I can think of who in high school, she did what she did similar to me. And now still to this day, she, she is in New York. I don't know if she's on Broadway, but she's been a lot of off Broadway stuff and she does fight choreography and stage combat training. And, um, she's made a living out of it. So she's the only example I can think of out of everybody that said, this is what I want to do. This is, this is it right here. Everyone else just kind of fell off. Yeah, I have two from 2007 that I can think of. Um, Jill Vanderoff, she performs all over the place. Um, and then Jamie Lowe still performs in New York. But Jill's like doing it worldwide and doing like cruises and stuff and really making her own living for herself, which is great. And um, I, I think it's it's a it's a crazy dream to have. But I think if you really pursue it and you, you go through all the no's, you can make it. But it's tough, man. It's tough out there. 
Yeah, it was funny because my niece was talking to me the other day. She's about to go into ninth grade, and uh, she was like, you know, asking me about podcasting and everything. And she's like, "Do you want to make like if you could make this a living, would you want to?" I was like, "Absolutely," but let's be real, this is not an actual job. And then I kind of made a like a comparison to acting. I was like, you know, because I'm sure you think at about to go into ninth grade, movie stars, all that stuff, like that's a job. You can you can actually do that. And I was like, just so you know, that's not an actual legitimate job. If you tell your high school counselor that you want to be an actor when you get out of high school, they'll humor you, but they're probably going to be in the back of my like or in the back of their head going, well, are you sure you like you sure you don't want something with a steady income? Because it's it's right. it, it really isn't. I mean, can you speak on that? Like it, it, it you can make a living out of it, but it's so few and far between. I think it's it's hard to make a living of, right? So, um, I was I was I've been lucky enough to be able to teach in that field and to be able to perform and get paid for it in that field. But I still I work at a bank now, you know. So I think I I do know people who have made success, but you really have to grind it and you have to be okay with working as a waitress or or really suffering for a while in order to make it. Like it doesn't just snap and change, right? And I think you need the right type of mentality. And if you're not somebody who can take rejection, well, it's probably not for you. Uh, and I hate to say like, don't pursue your dreams. Right. Because I, I, I would love for anybody to pursue their dreams. I, I didn't choose to myself, but I think I, I still find a way to be able to incorporate what I love into my life while still being financially stable. I think if you know for a fact that you are super ambitious and you're not going to give up, and you're okay with facing rejection and hurting for a while to get there, then do it. That's go for it. But if you're not the type of personality that can handle that, get out while you're ahead. Now, that's great advice. Seriously, like that, like that really is. And, and, and speaking on that, that, that little tidbit that you dropped at the beginning where you had, it sounded like you had a troubled upbringing, right? What was that like where you had to kind of come out of that and, 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 realize, all right, this is how I'm going to take my my future into my own hands. Absolutely. Uh, do you mind if we go into a, a story here so I can set it all up? Yes, I mean, story time it is. Perfect. We're going into story time, ladies and gentlemen, with Kyle W. Carlson. Uh, so uh, I, I grew up okay, but uh, when I was 15, my mother ended up passing away of ovarian cancer. Uh, before that point, I was only raised by my mom and my grandmother. Um, and then after she passed away, six months later, I visited my dad for the first time. And I had never met him. I had never even spoken to him before my mom passed away. Um, and then at 17, uh, a month before my 18th birthday, my dad left me homeless in St. Augustine. Um, and that was the summer before my fifth year of high school that I've alluded to previously. Um, and... I think that was due to the fact that the social security check started coming in my name when I turned 18 instead of in his name. So I think it was just, he's just not a great person. Um, so I, I've suffered a lot of loss in terms of like family and stuff like that. And so I started blaming everything else around me for my behavior. So when, when I, when I would smoke a ton of pot, right, it started with pot. So I would smoke a ton of pot and I'd be like, you know, it's okay because all this, all this terrible crap has happened to me. So I, I, should do this right so like making excuses for why i'm allowed to do it um and then at at that point i started experimenting with psychedelics and other types of drugs as well and the right after i graduated high school was the first time i ever tried cocaine 
and cocaine is something that I, I just really enjoyed. Like it brought my spirits up. I kind of felt like I forgot about everything that ever happened in my life. And cocaine eventually, by the time I was 23 or 24, really overtook my entire life. Uh, to the point where I was, I still had a successful job. Like I was working just fine and making money, but almost all the money that I made went towards buying more Coke. So I would spend close to three to $400 a week on cocaine at that point. And nobody in my life, cause I was still doing theater. I was still doing all these things, would have ever thought that I was doing those things um, because of the fact that I was able to still be myself or a productive member of society, even though I wasn't really productive necessarily. Um, and I ended up having like my car repossessed at one point because I just wasn't paying bills anymore. And I wasn't doing anything other than buying cocaine and, and drinking and making all these horrible, horrible mistakes. And mind you, this is after I had already had a DUI previous in my life. Like I got a DUI at 22. I then, you know, would still drive around, drink a six pack and just you know, do coke and not not with anywhere to go or anything to do just because I regretted the fact that I did it the night before and I wanted to do it again the next day. And that was my life. That was my life. It was a cycle of how do I get over what I did yesterday? Well, you know what? I'm going to go do it again just so I can not remember how bad I feel right now about the fact that that's what I did yesterday. But I think that's a hard path to continue down. And in order to beat yourself out of it, you got to realize that the things that happened in your life, it, that those don't have to affect you. And they're, you, you can blame all you want on what other, what other things have happened to you, but you have to take responsibility for the actions that you're making and the change that needs to happen. So you can say, you know, yeah, my life sucks because, you know, my dad left me homeless. My mom passed away. I have no family to speak of. So that's why my life sucks and I can make these bad choices. Or you can say, I have the capability to make a change and to change myself and to change my life. And when I started to make those changes, it, things just started turning around so fast. Like as soon as I quit doing coke, like I, I I found like I had a closer connection with people that I, you know, that I had felt like maybe were acquaintances, but I couldn't really connect with because they didn't know the things that I was doing. And just opening up, being honest, opened up more and more doors for me and opened up more and more opportunities. And I've never been more clear headed than I am today. And I'm not going to say it was an easy path either. Um, about two years ago, I got my second DUI for continuing to make bad decisions. Yeah, I, I wasn't doing coke anymore, but I was still drinking and doing, con continuing to drink at a level that wasn't acceptable, right? And so it's not perfect, and you're never going to be perfect, but you can make those steps and those changes to really push yourself, and you really have to just convince yourself that what did I do? And what can I do to impact change in a positive way versus just saying all these things are happening to me? What am I doing to make these things happen? Or what can I do to change the way that I view these situations? Would you be uh, would you be willing to do like advocacy for something like this or have you? I, I mean, I advocate to my friends, to my family about how important it is to really take stock of where you are in your life. You know what I mean? I think. I, I might be willing to go out and talk about it, but I don't feel like my story is as successful, as strong yet, because I, I feel like I still fight. And every day you're going to fight when you when you have something that's as powerful as an addiction to drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be. It's a fight every day. And you kind of have to remind like it doesn't feel as hard to fight the longer it happens, the longer it goes on. But 
it's still a fight, you know, but I think just your mindset about it can't be that I do this because these things happen to me. It has to be, well, what am I doing to change the outcome? Yeah, that's damn. I don't even know if I knew that you were, that you were, uh, left homeless. Like, I don't think that ever crossed my mind. Yeah, probably not. In high school, I I would have never let anybody know that that second year that I was in high school, I lived on my own because of the fact that I was left homeless. I think probably only Eric and Shay knew because I stayed at their houses. Wow. That's, yeah, man, that's, that's a challenge right there. I mean, add on top of the fact, like you said, that your mom passed away and you got involved in all this stuff that just was having a real negative effect on you as a human, your body, your soul, your mind, all that stuff. And, but geez, just the fact that you were left homeless. I don't like, I don't know. Like, have you considered, uh, like, are you can like considering the fact that maybe one day you'll have kids? Um, yeah, I would love to, you know, and I, I would, and I would imagine that this, I would imagine that that is something that, you know, that that's a, you know, when they get old enough to know, like that would be something that you would, that you would bring up and, and, and kind of teach as a lesson, right? Like, you know, I don't know how you would, spin it as a lesson just because the fact that you wouldn't leave them homeless like that's the whole point of it is the fact you've been through this and now you have kids of your own you can never be in that mindset of hey okay now i'm just gonna drop you off and see ya my biggest thing would be i just would want them to know that somebody's there and that that's unconditional and i'm not going anywhere you know and maybe i wouldn't even harp on the fact of what happened to me but just you know i think it's just gonna live in its own word yeah you know I'm there and I'm not going to go anywhere, you know, like you want that unconditional love. And I, it's, I felt like I had that from my mother, but unfortunately she passed away and I didn't get that from my father. And that's, you know, it's, that's a tough situation to live with, you know? Do you know where your dad is or have you never had contact with him? I gave him another chance actually. Um, at one point, um, I just wanted him to be honest with me. Like I sat down with him. I, I had a conversation I was like, you know, I, I, I held so much anger in my heart for such a long time and I don't think that's healthy, you know? And so I, I had a conversation. I tried to give him like a chance to just be honest and say what happened. And he ended up still coming up with excuses. So at that point I decided not to continue to communicate. That's crazy. And what, and when was this, like how long ago? I'd say maybe five or six years ago. And so that's it. It's sort of like not, not even after five years or six years later on. It's it's done. Yeah. Wow. I would say I would not give it the, another chance at this point. That's crazy. Has he ever reached out to you in those five um, or six years? I think that he has potentially tried to, you know. But, yeah. Um, I do know that through my half-sister, she's tried to reach out to me saying like, hey, dad said this or whatever, and I just don't respond on Facebook when I see those. We're not even friends, but <laughs> I get the messages. And I'm, you know, I've really just kind of separated and I've made, my family is, my family are people that I've chosen to be my family. And it, yeah, it sucks that it's not blood, but it's people that I've chosen to have in my life. And even if I can't have the blood family, I get to I get to kind of handpick my own, which is kind of a blessing of its own. Yeah, that's the, that's something that I've realized too lately where, there's one thing where it is blood and you are sort of born into it, right? You have to, you, you are required. It is a requirement. You have to love this person because they are your blood. And okay. So that's, that's your call to make as you 
get older and, and, and realize, okay, now I have the choice. It's not a requirement, even though at the beginning it's supposed to be, now I can choose, okay, do I really actually love you? Not just because we have blood that's similar. The real special part is the people that come into your life that are not blood and somehow become more important to you than the people that are blood. That's the, absolutely. that's the stuff that I don't know, lately it's just been on my mind and, and, you know, I have examples of that. sounds like you have examples of that. And that's the real specialness of the situation where you have zero connection to this person. They were just another being that was on a journey of their life and somehow yours and theirs crossed paths and you made this, this, this friendship. And then of course, if it's a, if it's a guy, it becomes a brother. If it's a girl, it becomes a sister, whatever. That's the stuff that I don't know. I, I, that it just—it's so beautiful, man. It like, and it really is. You know, it's just. How old are you? That's just, how old I, are you? Me, I am thirty years young. Thirty years young. So I'm 27. So and I'm about to be 28. So you know, we're pretty similar. So I'm happy that it sounds like you and I have not to make people that don't think about this stuff feel excluded, but I don't know. There's certain people that just like are on some other kind of level. Of in, in terms of understanding the specialness of what this life is and assuming this is everything, there's nothing else after this, you have to live each day, man, as just this is it. And it's so cliche. I hate saying that stuff because I know it's a cliche and people are rolling their eyes, And but it's so true. And I don't know when I realized that, but it's just I feel like people like us were on some other level that so many people – haven't achieved yet. And then they usually achieve it when they're 50, 60, 70, and they're looking back on their life and they're going, wow, why didn't I, why didn't I appreciate it a little bit more? You know? Well, I think that's exactly what you just said, which is appreciation. Like you, you just kind of have to take that moment to appreciate what you have instead of dwelling on what you don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very unique. And, um, I'm just happy that, you know, you, you took this, you took this really bad hand that you were dealt and somehow you were able to flip it on its head and, yeah. and don't get, know, go ahead. Don't get me wrong. It didn't happen right away. Right. Like yeah. it, it definitely didn't. Like if you, if you hear what I said, like a lot of this was a struggle. It was a lot of failure. It was a lot of making the wrong choice in order to make the right choice eventually. Yeah. But so many people get stuck in just like you said of, if it's drugs, if it's okay, so now today's over. So now what do I do tomorrow? Okay. So I do the same thing again and it's just a routine. It becomes part of your schedule and so many people do that. That's the excuse. And so, I mean, even if it took a while, it's, it's better late than never that it's definitely a, a form of that, you know, it's, there's always a, a way to get out of it. Luckily I never fell into anything like that. I only ever experienced uh drugs actually on two episodes of this podcast those two episodes i forget who it is or no it's episode 19 and episode something else uh those are my only two experiences with with weed um and that and that's literally all it was it was weed and i mean you were talking about psychedelics and jesus like i'm i'm thinking i like i have no understanding of the stuff you were taking because this is probably elementary compared to some of that stuff no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, to me, it's all the same, right? So like, yeah, different drugs do more and different drugs do other things, but at the same point, it's all the same. It's all an escape, right? And 
that's my that's my take on it now. Like, yeah, when I was 18 and whatever, and yeah, there pot is now legal. Alcohol is legal, so use them responsibly. If you're using them, listeners, use them responsibly. Okay, I, I'm not going to judge you for using them. I just choose not to use any form of drug anymore. And you know, I after my second DUI, like I cut back on. I quit drinking for over a year, and now. You know, I do drink still, but occasionally and only if it's something I really, really like want the taste of and not to get drunk. You know, it's a whole different. And if I if I take a sip and I'm not feeling it, I dump it out. I know that all of you drinkers out there are going to say alcohol abuse and go ahead and yell it at me. That's fine. But I I have to make that choice for myself because I can't fall into the habits that I used to have. Yeah, that's a that, that's a strange one. Alcohol like I I I am just it amazes me how people can get addicted to that because I actually, I love alcohol. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can drink and that's it. I can call it a day and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm not addicted to it. Like I've gone so long without drinking and it's just, it, it blows my mind how it, it, it must be something in the, in the wiring of that person's brain where it becomes a dependency and, you know, but don't, don't get me wrong. I love that feeling of feeling light feeling just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty introverted person unless I'm doing a podcast or something else, but that has a way of just getting me to talk, you know, like, yeah. And that's, but that's, that's the beginning part of it. Right. So for a lot of people who do become addicted to alcohol, it's the, the beginning is that it makes them feel more comfortable with who they might, they, it makes them more comfortable than who they are without it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what starts it. And then at a certain point, it becomes a dependency because you feel like you can't have a social relationship with anybody without it. And then it becomes beyond that point that you don't even feel yourself without it. And then your bloodstream gets so used to having it that it'll start rejecting you if you don't have it. And that's some of the scientific protocol for an addictive, uh, an alcohol addiction. But I think Anybody who has an addictive personality is going to be more subject to things like that, where like, I'm jealous of people who do not have addictive personalities. Because don't get me wrong, if I have a beer, I want to have six. I don't want one. I want six. And that's, that's where that is the issue, is that I really have to contain myself to one if I'm going to have one, because I do, I would much rather have six. Yeah. And uh, are you a lightweight or no? No. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. Dude, I'm a fucking lightweight, man. One beer, and I'm already feeling it. Yeah, and even after not drinking for a year, I think I still, like, or over a year, like, I still could probably put back a ton, and I, I, I don't want to, you know? It's just it's just that thing, you know? I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it other than it's not enough what is never enough right and i don't want to feel that way anymore and that's that's what's the tough part would you ever consider writing because well first of all do you write stuff or do you just direct stuff i i have never written anything i wrote a play when i was a freshman in high school and we had to write it for our theater class and i read it to people when i want them to have a good laugh do you have it right now and I don't have it with me right now. I really wish I brought it out. I wish I knew where it was. <laughs> and I wasn't even asked for the whole thing because I don't know how long it is. But just like, do you, like, like, what's the general idea of it? So we actually had to, it, it was we were studying Russian theater at the time, so we had to kind of write along the lines of like a Russian play. And mine was called 
oh man, it was something about love or law for love or law. And it was about a lawyer who was falling in love with her client. And it escalated really quickly because I didn't feel like writing much of a introduction to what was happening. So it just <laughs> kind of went right to the climax and then ended. Literally, and, literally went right to the climax. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, I, I mean, I mean that <laughs> literally and figuratively a hundred percent. Oh um, man. Very John Grisham sounding. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the play I wrote and it did not get selected to be performed. So I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. In high school. I don't, I, I don't blame them. Yeah. In high school. Well, you know, I had pent up sexual frustration, I'm sure. Who did? Like, oh, man, that's a. <laughs> I really commend high school teachers. I mean, I guess you could also say middle school because I guess you're kind of getting uh, curious there, but it's really high school where it's just, it's, it's full steam ahead, you know, in terms of yeah. dealing with fucking pricks that are just there to look around and go, Hmm, who do I want to, Oh, she's right there. You know, it's, Oh God, fucking high school, man. I had a good experience though in high school. I'm very, I feel very fortunate to say all four years were, and it's thanks to people like you, you know, even though it was only for probably less than a year, honestly, um, you know, people like you coming into my life and just really kind of, you know, like you said, taking me under your wing kind of thing. And, you know, it was it was a good time. I uh, I hear all these horror stories of bullies and just all this awful stuff in high school. And I'm like, where was that when I was there? Like, right. <laughs> I didn't I feel see like, any of that. I feel like we had a really odd situation at FPC, too, that the uh, the theater company was kind of looked at as like some of the cooler people at the high school for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like you go you go to you, you hear these stories all the time of like the theater people getting made fun of and like being the outcasts. But like teachers would let us out of school if we just said like miss beale wants to meet with us or watley wants to meet with us they just let us out of class with like a hall pass all the time and like i mean i i i felt like like the jock kids were cool with me and everybody was really cool with me like nobody ever really did that at fbc i didn't think you know yeah and i never really saw those you know you had your your groups and everything but i never really experienced i guess because it was just overblown in the way it was portrayed in, in, in entertainment, but it was just always going into high school. I was petrified because I was like, Oh man, this is it. This is where it ends because I've only ever seen it portrayed that way where this is it. Like your life is going to be so screwed. And I came out the other end thinking, wow, that was actually not what I thought it was going to be. It was so much better. And that niece I was telling you about who's going into ninth grade, I'm actually, you know, very hopeful for her. I don't know how much it's changed in 10 years, but, um, you know, I told her like, you know, assuming you don't get bullied, assuming all this stuff doesn't happen to you, get ready for four incredible years that yes, you'll go on with your life and you'll be happy hopefully with your life, but man, you're going to look back on those. And, and cause I know I do, I just, I, yeah. I look back on them so, so fondly and, you know, doing Children of Eden, that was that was one hell of an experience because that was just, you know, I went from this little cafeteria theater to the Flagler Auditorium, which is a thousand seat theater. And I'm just like, like I'm in awe the whole time. And you and Justin and you guys knew what you were doing because you were the, you know, you were the seniors and not just talking about school wise, you were the seniors of that group. And you were just, yeah, you were taking everyone and ushering them in and not being dicks about it. Cause I would imagine that, you know, some people would be like, Oh, these people are coming in and now they're uh, getting, you know, get that out of here. 
Um, I mean, I won't lie. We had an initiation process for some people, but other people just kind of made their way right in. What, uh, do you remember? Was I part of that initiation or did, did I just kind of somehow find my way in? I feel like I protected you from some of the initiation on purpose. <laughs> but I, I remember your year. There was also, uh, what's his name? Rob. He was Doug's younger brother and he, he was in uh, he was in Children of Eden with us. We used to we used to ball tap him like crazy with all different types of objects that were backstage, whether it be like a plastic loaf of bread or one of the little like different things. Uh, the year before you were there, we we would do it with Russell. I think if you remember Russell, we put like smoke bombs in his locker Ooh. in the theater wing, and we would throw like pops, those little like poppers at him. Uh, we but definitely it was all f- gave gave him a lot of sack taps. Yeah, it was out of love. I was gonna say it was all friendly. All that. It was all friendly out of love. I don't want you guys to think that we were bullying people, <laughs> but it was it was like it was initiation. But at the same point, we we really liked those people. But like, I I, I was like, Eddie's my freshman, and I'm gonna make sure that he doesn't get sack tapped as much as the rest of everybody does. Thank you, man. You know, it's, it's bound to happen from time to time, but not as often. Thank you, because are you ready? Because okay, so you had story time, right? Can I can I just have a little story? time here go for it yeah okay so i'm happy you didn't uh nut tap me because uh this is something that i've never talked about on this podcast i actually uh going into high school and i only got it resolved in my junior year of high school i actually had um a hernia and guess where that hernia was it was right around the nut area and basically i if if you were to just pull my pants down and you were to look, it looked like I had three three balls. I don't think anybody would have done that. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been the way to show everybody, like, hey, don't do this. Yes. Or, hey, you know, uh, do you know anyone? Because I got three. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, anybody looking for a third? Yeah. <laughs> but um, seriously, that was something that I always struggled with because I didn't know, you know, I I knew it was unnatural. <laughs> like I knew it was something that this isn't supposed to be here. This is not uh, the way men are. You know, this is uh, this is. Uh, but I didn't think it was special. I didn't think it was like I was some superhuman that had three balls or three nuts that was ready to you know go and you know pound away. But it was like it was really it, it was very self conscious. Even though no one could see it, it was always just you know. And I think honestly. As crazy as that sounds, I think that might have been one of my fears going in. I was like, what if all this stuff I see on TV and movies where they, you know, pull pants down and shit, like what if I'm that victim and they pull my pants down and lo and behold, there's that third nut because dude, this thing was actually like come to find out when I had the surgery done, this thing would have like, if I still had it today, it would probably be the size of a, like a, like a, like a regular human head. This thing was just like continuously growing. It was so weird. It was uh, it was very bizarre. But anyways, I'm happy you didn't nut tap because you could have probably really affected it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got in with the right crew. You know what I mean? You, so, you got in with the. You weren't one of the 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 people receiving. Yes, you know, which was safe. I like. I, I figure a lot of that died off. You know, after like 2007, 2008, it was hilarious to sack tap people. Like that was that was the thing. And I wonder, can you even do that now? Because society I, has changed so much. Do people still nut tap and shit? I don't know. I, I haven't been in high school for 12 years. I, I couldn't tell you. That's the thing. Oh, man. I wish you would, because uh, I know you're not very much into film. 21 Jump Street. Yay? Nay? 
I, I heard of it. Okay, because it's about Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum being undercover yes. cops, so they go back to high school. I would love to do something like that, man. I would love to do something. And honestly, if I if I recommend one movie to you during this podcast, that would be the one, 21 Jump Street with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. That seems like I something do. you would actually really enjoy. Yeah, I do enjoy Jonah Hill. I, I, so I think I, I would. Yeah, that's it's so funny because Channing Tatum was the popular guy. So when they go back, he's like, yeah, man, we got to one strap this thing talking about when they walk in with their backpacks. Like we got to one strap it. like like don't have both straps on because that's not cool. So the, the, when they get there, they're walking and they all have one, like like they're one strapping it and they look around and everyone's two strapping. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, dude, everyone's two strapping. He's like, hold it, hold it, keep it going keep it going it's just like the funniest shit just happens and he like punches someone that's gay and 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 it's just like that's not cool anymore man you can't punch gay people (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm sure like anything that was funny back in 2007 would now everybody would be like dude you're the worst right the worst person yeah yeah it's so weird how that's just it, it all shifts and so like that's what's like i'm actually kind of excited to go to my niece's orientation just for that fact just for that fact I'm also sure that, you know, high school itself and school in general is going to be so different this upcoming year, no matter how you slice it. This is true. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of, well, because they've been doing all the at-home shit and mm-hmm. that hasn't been very productive from what I understand, you know, staying in contact with my family and it just sounds like a horror story because now sort of they're the teachers. <laughs> it's a real bizarre time to be a parent because now you kind of have to become the teacher because, you know, a lot of the stuff is all over zoom and, you know, assuming that doesn't fail, like the connection is bad or whatever, I guess you have to kind of teach your kids. So it's all a weird thing that's, that's happening. So yeah, this, this upcoming school year is going to be a very, very interesting one. So I'm going to, I might actually get her on the podcast. <laughs> that I mean, that would be interesting to kind of talk about the dichotomy of all that change, you know, maybe with any high school student, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't know, there man. There you go. Giving you future podcast ideas all here. Yeah. Uh, what was, because I know uh, we were we were talking about it and then I talked about how you were breaking up on that, on that app. Uh, was there any other steps of that podcasting I mean, 101? We've actually gone through a lot of them. So... The, the other one that what was next was give advice, which I feel like we've done. Oh, so yeah, you definitely did. Checking that one off the list. Um, another one is interview other podcasters, which I know that you've done previously. Yes. Yeah. Interview specific groups of people like aspiring authors or things like that, which you do. Yeah. Um, this other one says narrate yourself cooking, which I, <laughs> I don't think we could really fit into this podcast. But I, I mean. You know, this one could be easy and fun. You just might want to focus on like Mexican, Italian, or American foods. So I like hibachi. I I do too. I would love to get a hibachi table and really learn that trick where like you you kind of balance the egg on your spatula and yeah. then you toss it up and then you break it. That's like my life dream is to be able to toss up an egg and crack it on my spatula over my pan. Yeah. Or do you, uh, do you like, do you ever go to the ones where they do the, like they assemble, it looks like onions so that it makes like a volcano or something. Absolutely. That's like a staple of hibachi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but you know, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Do you know what the best part of about hibachi is? Um, there's one part that's the best. <laughs> yes. There's one part that is far and beyond, obviously the best part about hibachi. Okay. It's the yum yum sauce. 
Ooh, the yum yum. Is that is, is that the stuff they just squirt in your mouth? Like no, that's sake that they squirt in your mouth from across the table. But this is like the little white dipping sauce that they give you on the side when you go to Hibachi. That's called yum yum sauce. And it is my favorite thing. I pour it all over everything. Wow. Why have uh I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to the right hibachi place because I don't You gotta ask for it. You gotta be like, Ooh. you guys have yum yum sauce? I need it. Okay. It's See, I don't basically ask basically like a spicy mayo is the best way to explain it to you. Okay. And what kind of hibachi do you get when you go? Um, I usually do a mix of like filet and chicken or filet and shrimp or something like that, but always filet. Yeah. You can't not get the filet, you know? Yeah, yeah man. That's going to be something that uh, is interesting to go back to because, I mean, they, they'll crowd people in, into those tables, you know what I mean? So it's, I wonder how that's going. Like, how is that going to it's going to be interesting how they have to set that up because they're going to have to distance people who aren't coming from the same household somehow. And is it going to be permanent? That's that's one question I always have been asking since, you know, this stuff started. It's just that's the one I'm always landing on is, is it going to continue? Is this permanent? Is this social distancing stuff literally forever or is it just I, for the time being? I, I absolutely think it's permanent up until the point that there is a vaccine that cures it. So we need a vaccine and then that'll be the that'll be the end of social distancing. Yep. So if you're listening and you know how to make vaccines, get on that. Get on it, please. Cause yeah, some stuff just doesn't work with social distancing. And one is a hibachi. It's sort of, you know, that 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 communal experience of everyone sitting around in awe, whipping out their phones, going, Wow, look at this, look at this guy. He knows what he's doing. You know, yeah. I've actually never seen a girl do it. So I don't want to like I don't want people to think I'm sexist, but I've never seen a, a female chef do that have you i have never seen a female hibachi chef yeah but what is up with there that? has to be one that exists females can do just as much as men can At, well, if not more i mean also Hi. think about magicians right like magicians i can't even tell you one famous girl magician i couldn't either <laughs> wow man we still got a ways to go yeah in terms of in terms of fixing some stuff i mean this is the thing you could write about if you were to write another play you could write about i don't know you could write a COVID-19 play. Yeah, about how we need more female magicians. And hibachi chefs. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then you would incorporate the no nut tapping. And somehow you would do it. And it would all be based around this podcast, this, 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 this yeah. episode you did. And then, and then this podcast becomes a huge hit. That would be awesome. That's, that's where we're leaning towards. I'm going to work on that play. I'll let you know how it comes. And then, I, and then because of that book or because of your play that you release and that becomes a success – Obviously, I, I reap some benefits, so now I get to write a, a cookbook. Yeah, and then you can talk about <laughs> cooking while you do it on your podcast, and then we've hit all we, the pieces of the list. Yeah, we have, that's it, and then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things we haven't touched on, but they're terrible ideas, so we're good. Okay, so... That's it, man. I uh, look, dude. I, I, I really like. This was a lot of fun. This was just, and you were like, "Are there any topics we're going to be talking about?" I'm like, "No, there's no, there's no topics. I don't go into this stuff with any kind of preconceived notions or plans or anything. It's just hit record, talk, and yeah. we did it. We did it for almost two hours, man. I think we, I think we made some good content here. I think I'm, I'm glad that we pulled up how to podcast for me so that we could go through these steps and create a successful experience for your listeners. And I'm happy that uh, your cell service is actually better than your Wi-Fi. That's, oh, or, me too. That's, that's strange. I've never heard of that. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, we got a really, we got a really good opportunity to thank the wonderful sponsor for this episode that yes. is doing a lot of great things for the community. Thank you, sponsor. Um, yeah, you're you're awesome. So, yeah. Kyle, it's been a pleasure, man. If you're ever in Florida, dude, because uh, you're more likely to be in Florida than I am. Actually, no, I I take that back. I take that back. I have family in Massachusetts. So, um, are you around the Braintree area? I'm actually like maybe 20 minutes from Braintree. Damn, dude. That's where all my family is in Braintree. Well, there you go. Now now, now you can hit me up if you're ever up here. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to hit you up if I if I make my way back down to Palm Coast, which I plan to soon. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'd love to you know reconnect and get a beer, a beer with you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> One is cool. One is cool. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. And then maybe, uh, maybe the CRT will be doing something and we can hit up a show because that's an experience that's definitely an experience i've i've seen a uh how many uh, a couple of their shows a couple of their shows and uh they did one called line have you heard of this show line i haven't heard of it no it's it's literally the most just bare bones thing ever it's just it's all about a line that's on the floor and it's just a bunch of people coming up to that line and not knowing why is that line there and then they just do like monologues and shit about that line. It's so cool. It was it, it was one of the weirdest ones. I was like, I'm gonna see a show about people talking about a line, and by the end of it, I was like in tears. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like a Spurdone type play, though. If I'm gonna be honest, it is. It is. So, Kyle, it's uh, it's been like I said, a pleasure, man. And uh, I hope uh, you have a great day, and I hope you get through this COVID nineteen stuff. Okay, like I hope you don't contract it at all. Absolutely. I hope you're staying safe out there. This has been a pleasure. I wish you all the luck in the world for the future success of this podcast. I've, I'm, I've loved the ones I've listened to. I hope to continue to. And thank you for having me. I've, I've loved it. Thanks, man. And thank you for not tapping my nuts. You're welcome. You're right. so welcome. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye.